0: And ladies and gentlemen, foreign and domestic, to another great episode jam-packed tonight of the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. Uh, This is your co-host, Buckets, a.k.a. Rusty, out in sunny Myrtle Beach, uh, South Carolina. I'm here with my ever-present co-host, Uncle Buck, uh, Mr. Drew Gann. Welcome to the podcast tonight.
1: What's up, Rusty? I'm uh, holding down the fort here in North Mississippi for you. Yeah. Unlike the last time we recorded when it was eight degrees, uh, we have, like Mississippi, if you don't like the weather, wait till tomorrow. It is a blistering 65 degrees out here and just (laughs) a beautiful day in the neighborhood.
0: Absolutely. And then uh, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, that's Two Bucks Sports Pod on YouTube. Uh, you will notice that we have another friendly face that, if you follow our social medias, you've probably seen him on there. Is our field reporter, uh, good buddy of both of ours, Mister Lauren Massey. Lauren, welcome to the podcast, sir.
2: Appreciate y'all having me. This is going to be fun. First time, uh, first time podcaster, long time listener. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. episode Start.
1: ten. You made. You've it. listened to nine Sweet. episodes. Sweet. <laughs> That's it, it, man. it. That's certified as day one. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I feel
2: like. I feel like uh, I was part of this podcast long before it was even a podcast, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So take everybody back to the beginning
2: when Rusty,
1: <laughs> when Rusty moved all the way out to the to the right coast <laughs> out there the Pacific, <laughs> to the Pacific to the
2: east of the east, Eastern, Eastern time, time, time,
1: time zone, the That's worst it. time zone in the world.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> no, I went out to visit him, and on our first day out there, we go to the beach like one does when you're visiting the beach. <laughs> and um, we're having ourselves a good time And I I wear my beach shirt Which is an old Colton Wong jersey that For the oh, former second baseman For the St. Louis Cardinals And uh, that was my beach shirt I got it for free at a Cardinals game And it's nice because when you get hot You just unbutton it, you know And uh, I'm walking down to the water And uh, this big dude The biggest dude I've ever seen And I'm over here with Rusty Who's <laughs> every bit of six four, six, five. I don't know how tall you are, Rusty, but um, <laughs> he just stops me, and I was like, he said, Colton Wong? I said, yes, Colton Wong. He said, well, have a beer with me. I said, yes, sir, <laughs> and a friendship was born. I took well, this big fellow right back and, to our camp.
0: Don't forget, the beer was also the right brand.
1: Yeah. Uh, as, I mean... as true Cardinals fans know, Bushline is the way to go. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and a friendship was born and this uh this fella even came to north mississippi i got him to come all the way to north mississippi for my wedding and he was the life of the party there too
2: i mean i i think your job about hit the floor when you found out we were coming
1: well we got married in the middle of covid and so most people didn't come and it was not any fault of anybody else's and there were no hard feelings but when uh when you found out somebody from out of town was coming, it was like, Yes, sir. <laughs> now I know I can count on Lauren and Stacy. I mean
0: all the way to Carant. Ant. That's it, man. Got to got to have his first Russell's experience for our listeners there in North mm. Mississippi. Y'all know what that's all about. Mm. That's Age the good
2: room. life. Mm. I mean, mm, that cannot come my second experience cannot come soon enough, let me tell you. <laughs>
1: hey, I am free this weekend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Listen, Rusty knows the drill. All I want is the secret sauce in the used ketchup (laughs) bottles, okay? That's all I want. I don't care. That that stuff could be motor oil. Right. It could be motor oil and I wouldn't care (laughs) because it's yeah.
1: Rusty's coming down in a month. Y'all just carpool.
0: Well, Lauren, we're glad to have you tonight. Uh, Lauren was our boots on the ground field reporter for the L- ReliQuest Bowl down in Tampa. Uh, Lauren is a fan of the Fighting Illini and uh, found himself down in the game in the area for the game, so he checked it out and uh, took some good notes, I'm sure. And we'll get to that here in just a few minutes. Um, but first, I feel like we need to address kind of some somber news. Um, I feel like we've done that a few times on the podcast, but. Uh, uh, I know all of us were watching and all of our listeners were watching or paying attention, at least on Monday night, and understand kind of the gravity of the situation, you know. Um, just a quick synopsis, uh, professional football player, Tamar Hamlin, product of, uh, of the Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh Panthers program, uh, Dave Narducci's program. He um, <clears throat> was hit in the chest by T. Higgins in just a freak accident, um, experienced cardiac arrest, and I won't go into a ton of details out of respect for the family, but truly really put a damper in a sombre uh cloud over Monday night football in what was promising to be a great game, right? A clash for one of the top seeds in the AFC. Um and it really um put a lot of things things in perspective, at least for me. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but it was uh it was tough to to really watch and, and see it's something I've never seen um playing football in my entire life.
1: Yeah, Buckets, I uh you know, I'm a big NFL guy and recently I've been a big fantasy guy and that's kind of my basis around the NFL and I watch a lot of NFL uh, because of fantasy and aside from fantasy I mean you don't get very many in a 18 week fantasy for I mean in an in 18 week NFL season in prime time especially it doesn't seem like lately you've gotten just a ton of good matchups mm-hmm. but that was a game I looked at Bengals versus Bills two division leaders vying for one seed in their conference I mean, I couldn't have been more stoked for that game. And Mm -hmm. to see how it started with a touchdown by uh, Cincinnati quick and then a a long drive down the field by Buffalo ended in a field goal, I mean, you just knew that this game, just buckle up because this Mm -hmm. game's going to get rowdy. And I've never seen – I mean, I've seen some – You know, I was watching the Kevin Ware injury went Mm -hmm. for Louisville when he Mm -hmm. when he broke his leg on the court, and you saw the reaction from the bench, and it was horrifying.
2: The Alex Smith injury is probably one of the nastiest ones I've ever seen on live TV. And I was—he was conscious, right? Like this dude, right? This dude like got up from the play, and then all of a sudden went, yeah, did the 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 nasty plunge, right? Was Mm -hmm. like
1: and i've never witnessed and i've seen all these injuries live but i've never witnessed the air come out of a stadium yeah just the way you did and i was telling Rusty and Lauren right before we started the podcast um you can all i've always learned to look at the players surrounding the injury if you want to mm-hmm. learn about the kind of figure out the severity of it you sure. know if they start motioning immediately for carts and medics and everything you know it's pretty serious and you saw that and i but then That's the first time I've ever seen somebody not get up. Mm. That's what stuck with me is that you it's a contact sport and you've seen broken legs. You've seen Mm -hmm. I saw Dak Prescott and for the Cowboys and Nick Fitzgerald for the uh, Mississippi State and Laquan Trailwell when he's playing from this, I've seen dislocated Mm -hmm. ankles and it's just like Mm -hmm. devastating. You know, your season's over. Yeah. But they always get up and you know they're going to be okay. <clears throat> to me,
0: this yeah. is most comparable to I was watching, I believe it was Thursday night football, uh, the Ryan Shazier injury. Um, very right. similar situation, but a neck injury. He went down, and as soon as he went down, even the announcers, the air was let out of the stadium. The announcers said, this is not good. At about another 20, 30-minute delay. They continued that game because, you know, like not making light of his injury, but neck injuries are a part of football.
1: But, again, um, you compare that injury to uh, yeah. the one on Monday night, mm. and there was no ambulance. There was yeah. no – I mean, you looked at the people, the ESPN, and I'm sure a lot of people don't like the, the enhanced camera angles zooming in on players to see them in this raw emotion. But I appreciated it because you – you really—that was the only way to appreciate the gravity of the situation for, for me. Like, I, if you just went to commercial, you don't know what's going on, and I don't—I don't care to know the details in the moment. I don't care to know anything, but just be able to see the impact it was having on the players really hit, made it hit home.
2: Yeah.
1: And with Ryan Shazier and some of these awful injuries, uh, I know back before my time, uh, Ole Miss player was paralyzed from the neck down. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Chucky Mullins and he was paralyzed on impact you know he never walked or, again after that and he was taken off the field and but to hear almost immediately Joe Buck say you know they're doing chest compressions i was like oh this is different this is something this is like a a worst case scenario and then the nfl on top of that just compounded it by trying to push it back on the field like mm-hmm. let's just get the let's get the game played yeah. it's important Absolutely. and we all know the game's important and mm-hmm. I, think oh, that's I, I think that's what Skip Bayless was trying to say was Oops. that we know that this game is important for the NFL. Yeah. But pick a better time to say it, you know. Yeah. You know the the Skip Bayless tweet. I'll read it to you because I know y'all have some some thoughts.
2: Well, I, I'd like to chime in if y'all don't mind about. Yeah, go first right of ahead, all, please. Um, you know. My wife and her infinite uh, common sense wisdom brought up a a really good point to kind of put put it in context. Do you know how many people in the world go to their jobs every day and have an opportunity not to come home?
3: Yeah, right.
2: I mean... We all know the NFL has done a piss-poor job, pardon my French, of managing, uh, you know, mental health, Mm -hmm. CTE, concussions, right? right? People have to die. They have to have their brains looked at. You got to have the Junior Seaus of the world, the Jim McMahons to make any Mm -hmm. kind of headway. And if it wasn't for the fact that this was the only game on, on primetime, a big Mm -hmm. game, tons of people watching, would the reaction by the league have been in support of the players and definitely driven by the players and the coaches? Roger Goodell's track record on those matters, not good.
3: Yeah, right.
2: And I put a lot of blame on that heartless, gutless, money-grubbing SOB. Mm Mm-hmm. I just don't, you know. He wants to be a man of the people. He won't take an audience with Portnoy. I just, I just, Roger yeah. Goodell can. There's three little letters that come up when I think of Roger Goodell. KMA. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Two things to that. Roger Goodell is a man of the people, but the only people that he's for is for the owners. The owners. Yeah. And that's that's the, the thirty-two folks that like You know,
2: Franklin and you know the the the. The, the pictures of the people on the dollar bills. Right. And
1: I, um uh, I thought about that and I I wondered to myself, what does this injury look like if it happens at 12 o'clock noon on a Sunday? In the
2: middle of all the other games. Man. Yeah. Right.
1: Because yeah. uh I believe it's a story. I mean, it's obviously a story. Right. But nobody's being pulled off the field across the NFL. You know, yeah. it is able to be kind of talked about in, alongside the other games. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like yeah. Oh, we can talk about this, but we also, you know, the uh the the, Ra- the Ravens and Steelers are also playing. So yeah. we, we get to talk but about do think, that. Do
2: you think they break into the telecast across uh the red zone or across I the NFL I think ticket they, if that
0: happens I at noon? I think they do, but that's all they do. I think if it's like, and especially because like, like you said, it's Monday night. Drew already mentioned this. It's two top tier teams. But just say it's like the Texans and the Raiders are playing at 12 mm-hmm. o'clock kick. They're gonna they're gonna mention that it happened. They're gonna shuffle it to the side, and I guarantee you that that game resumed as soon as he was taken off the field. But the fact oh, that I it was don't, Monday night, I don't and the, think there was it I, I do because I think the pressure from the spotlight on the single Monday night game is the only reason. I mean, again, we saw the example. The NFL wanted to continue the game, but the players were like, and the coaches were like, "We're not right. doing this."
1: And and I think it I Good think it is absolutely. I think it's absolutely postponed for the same reasons because the players would not do it. But what would happen is CBS would option to another game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. if if the if the Bills. And Bengals are playing at twelve o'clock noon and that happens, then they're just gonna go to another twelve o'clock game as soon as yeah. coverage stops. And then that's yeah. the news cycle. That yeah. it advances, they start talking about something else. Yep. So, yeah, that, so. it's it's really shameful and yeah. it I don't know how you recover from it from the NFL because what you've got to think about outside of just the business of the NFL is all the parents that are watching it at home with kids who are old enough to start playing football or are playing football. And, and they look at their husbands or they look at their wives and with their kids. Like, yeah, I know it's a shot in the dark. It's a, this, this was a freak of nature. It's like a freak accident, but I'm not going to subject you to freak accidents that could kill you. You know, that's what I expect. The kids
2: are all playing soccer and lacrosse, right?
1: Right. And that that's a conversation that we can really get into later, because there's been some studies in when it comes to youth participation in football, declining versus youth participation in soccer that's going Mm -hmm. through the roof. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got club level soccer in every city. I mean, I know even Corinth and Ripley have club teams that play soccer and you see the numbers diminish in tackle football. You know, mm, maybe yeah. not as much here in the South where football is still king, mm-hmm. but
0: y'all can play across the, the
1: world. Game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I think, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of talked, covered a lot of it, but, you know, I agree. It's going to, it's going to make some people second guess. But I, I tell you, you know, good on Shannon Sharp. I don't know if y'all saw the clip this morning,
2: mm-hmm. but he just shut down Skip.
1: He's a sure. better man than me. He,
2: Let me he try, yeah. Cause he tried and to. And I'm speak not a fan so of a Shannon Sharp, but I'm a hundred percent behind mm-hmm. this dude.
1: Oh, I uh, am a fan of Shannon Sharp because he is the foil to, to Skip Bayless. Who is Well, in sports. that
2: – okay, in, in yeah. that in that context, you, yeah. In, in that context, I, like you, have to, Sharp, you have to like pick in a, a side. In a, in a general context, man, no. no. Yeah, he, but in you
1: that take context, that you're forced to pick a side. You take him off that show and
0: nobody watches, right? Like nobody's watching Skip Bayless and somebody else. Like if he left and went to first take with Stephen A. Smith, that show's done. And I think that's oh, where we're right. heading and oh, shame right. on ESPN for having them try to air that out on national TV. Like you cut Skip's mic, you let, you let uncle Shay has his say like, sports. whatever, Fox sports, Whatever you let them have their say? Like, sorry. Like you let them have their say off the air. You, you but like doing that on air, like what a terrible, terrible call.
1: Well, you've got to know though, if you, if you employ Skip Bayless, you know why you employ Skip Bayless yeah, and it yeah. is not because you think he's Credible, but it's because Shock he bag, lights yeah. the fire mm-hmm. that stirs it all. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he explodes the powder keg, and that's yeah. why you hire him, and that's why you tell him, "Don't say a word about this until we're on the air."
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Goodell, Roger Goodell, and I am more self-aware than the three of us or anyone else in America. May uh, appear may 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 think of him in 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 a a certain light. If he's aware of his perception in the public, which I would hope that he is, I think he's too arrogant to actually believe it. But if he is, now is the time for him to to make save a little face, give a ton of grace. No, and I'm not trying to rhyme there, but to Mm -hmm. to really you know. Make some advances on the NFL perception. And to your point, Rusty and Drew, about participation, this is the time where Roger needs to stand up, speak up, and and praise publicly. And on a national, like uh, a, a, a skipping uh, Shannon show or first take or pardon my take, and he needs to come out and say, great job coach McDermott, great job coach all Taylor, right. they did the right thing. We are for the players. Yep. Right? This is the time because he's never been for the players. He's always yeah. advocated for the owners like you said and for the dollar <laughs> and for the revenue and for the news and for the the likes and the social media views and all of that and he could really do himself and the league a huge mm. service mm. if he were to just say this yeah. is the everybody who is involved the coaches and the players made the right call we support them yeah you know and then you know if he really wanted to like turn it up a notch he could say i'm taking the five percent of my salary this year and donating it to uh the players uh, toy drive that he's got going yeah, on right So something like that, right? I mean, he could spin it however he wanted to, but he could really do some good things. And I just don't, I don't have the faith that he will. And that's, that's sad, right? That's Mm -hmm. a sad, that's the sad state of why it's an encapsulation of why participation is declining.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I I agree. Go Go ahead, ahead, Rusty. I
2: was going to say, I, yeah, I agree, Lauren. And, you know, at the
0: end of the day, like, You know, we can, we can belabor how terrible they are, but at the end of the day, it's all about DeMar Hamlin right now. You know, our thoughts and prayers with him and his family. His uncle gave some really good news today. You know, apparently um, they were able to reduce him to 50% oxygen, so he's showing signs of improvement. And so I'm just grateful that we have that to talk about, that we are yeah. seeing signs. He's got a long road to hoe ahead of him. Yeah. But
2: I mean, I'd like know, to see him get uh, get that intubation to removed in yeah. the next 24 to 48. That, to me – Knowing mm-hmm. that they intubated him mm-hmm. right to, to try to stabilize him mm-hmm. and get his uh his heart beating and, and the mm-hmm. the electrical pulses you know regulated, if they can remove that breathing tube and remove yeah. him and get him breathing on his own, yeah, that is like We're heading in the, right direction. the next major hurdle. Yeah. It's um
1: uh, and anytime you have tragedy like this, it's always always find it refreshing to see the outpouring of love by oh, everybody yeah. else. Yeah. And what's going on with that toy drive? I don't know the most recent number, but I believe today I saw five million. Yeah, it's uh, over five. Well,
2: it's it's over six because Brady made a very substantial donation. That's awesome. Well, I
1: saw on social media today going around, and it's just a kind of a funny story, but it was about that. And uh, somebody screenshot the GoFundMe account, and you could see the the donors to it. And Chris Jericho was one of them. You know, famous oh, yeah. WWE Really? Poster, Chris That's Jericho. Awesome. And That's he donated so cool. twice, he donated three thousand dollars, but he misspelled his name, and so the next post is Chris Jericho with his name spelled correctly with another three thousand dollars <laughs> good, on, good so, on the
0: walls of Jericho, man yeah, Let's go. yeah.
1: good on the walls uh, of Jericho,
0: but yeah, man for real, like all of our thoughts and prayers were Demar Hamlin and his family we you know we're thinking about him, praying for him, praying for a full recovery um and uh and you know best wishes to them um,
2: absolutely. uh... And I'd like to say something else. First of all, we we looked it up to verify. There is one other player in NFL history who died Mm -hmm. on the field. The person that was involved, his widow is still alive. Mm -hmm. The second thing I'd like to say is uh, on a more personal level, because of my wife and her love for her alma mater, the Clemson Tigers, uh, sincere, heartfelt, Positivity to T. Higgins.
1: Absolutely.
2: That dude did nothing wrong. No. Nope. He nothing. has no culpability. I'm sure he is emotionally feeling like he did something wrong. And I know there are detractors out there on the interwebs and social media circles that are bashing him. Yeah. And they can all go right straight to hell with Nick Saban. <laughs> <laughs> and they can burn a fiery, fiery hell alongside Urban Meyer.
1: <laughs> I, it it, I even I cannot stand that his name like yeah. I even shudder when it says when when it's now it's all part of context and it's the, yeah, yeah it's written But him. when people like, say
2: you you didn't, you didn't yeah, him.
1: even when people say, Well, he was injured after tackling T Higgins, I'm like, even that's like, okay, let's just yeah, he tackle somebody because because he's whether we all know what like, T Higgins didn't do anything or you know, responsible people mm-hmm. know that T. Higgins didn't do anything wrong. And he certainly, even if it was, he was, even if he was trying to hit him to gain the extra yard, no one in their Come right on. mind could have ever suspected.
2: Man, that- that's like saying Randy Johnson tried to hit that bird when he killed that bird with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Randomly, yeah. the bird just flew in the path of his fastball. Right. Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. That's it, man. God, so, that could- yeah, but... You're yeah, right. but Irres- yeah, I mean, irresponsibility mm-hmm. of the of the general public to yeah. ever ever yeah. Uh, uh, place blame at the feet of T. Higgins. Yeah. is
1: right. don't, ever, infuriating. don't ever don't uh, ever consider Twitter Twitter personalities to be a Ooh. a fair judgment on humanity as a whole because <laughs> 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 scary, there's scary some, place. Yeah. some bad folks on there yeah
0: scary place but yeah real quick uh, again just you know thoughts and prayers with demar hamlin and t higgins as he's dealing with that i do want to take just a quick second and get your initial gut reaction on uh what is a quick we are gonna stay in the nfl briefly before we do get into the rely quest bowl but um the the washington commanders first of all terrible terrible nickname um absolute dumpster fire of an organization but have y'all seen commanders. their new mascot
2: no. Oh, yeah. What is it? It's,
0: His um, name is Tutty. Drew, I want you to do a quick Google search tutty. on your phone. Grab something. Hold on. I want to get, like, when I saw it the other day. Did they, did, like,
2: they, did they ask Pat McAfee for, for permission to use the word Tutty? I, I don't know,
0: first of all. Second of all, like, what are they? Like, first of all, you picked Commanders. And you had some, like, the Red Hogs and so many other great names. Oh, my God. Is that a pig? That. I think it's right?
1: a pig. <laughs> I mean, I would have rather gone out there as. George just Washington.
2: go back. Just
1: go
2: back to
0: the Redskins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he, I, he, I, I, he looked it. like the listen, Corky's. If, if right. you're from Memphis in the mid South, you know Corky's Barbecue. That is the Corky's pig. Listen, beautiful hold beautiful. on a
1: second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I love this mascot because I feel represented for once. You see the belly <laughs> on that sucker. <laughs> uh, I mean, all these people want I'm to like, go out there with mascots that are all thin and trim and sexy, and uh. I'm I feel represented by Porky the Pig here being uh <laughs> being the mascot. I mean, I'm, I'm like watching the video take John Outkick. and
2: shave him down. Is that what they did? I didn't know John Daly was a Commander's fan. <laughs>
1: yeah. I uh I'm watching this video that Outkick put out. That just happened to be the video that popped up when I searched it on Twitter. And he's trotting out on the field for his introduction and I can tell that he's winded and that <laughs> makes me feel good. <laughs>
0: Anyway, I just wanted to get y'all's response on Tuddy, the new Washington uh, Commanders mascot. New, uh, uh, commanders uh, mascot. <laughs> do <Cold> Commanders.
2: <laughs> I don't, are they going to start calling the hogs? Like, I could have like, like
1: – like, Oh, some, that'll
2: some be some the end. Ties? I mean, well, hey on. <laughs> y'all are too young for this, but uh, back in the 80s. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. The, the offensive line mm-hmm. – that John Riggins ran behind and Joe mm-hmm. Theismann played quarterback behind. They were the Hogs, right?
0: And they they would oh. wear pig noses in the fan in the stands. So I get the okay. reference, but they could have done a much better job with the representation. I there.
1: disagree. <laughs> if you're gonna have a hog as a mascot, you can't have a thin one. Nobody <laughs> wants a thin hog.
2: Yeah, I guess the <laughs> Razorback game. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So no, you're absolutely <laughs> dead
2: wrong. You do trust. He's ugly, cook. but you, you don't know? trust a skinny cook, and yeah. you don't trust a thin no. hog. That's the, it, man. The, That's the, the skinny
1: hog right does not get eaten. That's it. Yeah. it. good for the hog, but right. after humanity. So,
0: well, all right, Lauren, uh, you were our field reporter. You were there <laughs> on the ground at the Reliquest Bowl, man. Give us the feel on the ground. Tell us about what it was like. Talk to us about it.
2: Well, uh, that picture I sent you, Rusty, uh, that was from Beach Day, Clearwater Beach Day, mm-hmm. host of, uh, put on by the city of Clearwater. Um, the teams were invited down to the beach. Um, it was right up the road from where we were staying, so we could walk there. Uh, bands com- like played, and the cheerleaders and dancers all danced. Mississippi State's band was first, and the Illinois band, and it was cool to see the band nerds geek out and and cheer for each other and like high five each other as they walked by and, and get a little love. And it was a good it was a good crowd out on the beach and. Then, you know, they introduced the coaches, the coaches spoke, the players came out, and then there was like some little tug-of-war between uh, cheerleaders. They had all men, all okay. women, and then a co-ed thing, which ended up being in favor of uh, – so it was a three – it was a best out of three uh, tug-of-war. Mississippi State won that. Uh, they won the women's and they won the co-ed. The men's was dominated by the men, by the lineup, of course. You
1: can't uh, tell me that y'all but, didn't uh, even win that. <laughs>
2: No, Mississippi State won that one. I said the the, the, the was best out of three it was all women, it was all men, and it was a co-ed.
1: I'm just saying I was pulling for you in the game. You lost that, and now you're telling me that they had a cheerleader tug of war and you lost
2: that, too? I mean, we won the men's one, which is all that matters. <laughs> the men's? <laughs> cheerleaders? That's the you're, one you're, I'm supposed know, to be pulling for? Okay. Well, anyway, the players <laughs> all went out to the beach and they after all this was over, and that was cool because, like, we're out there. I'm looking for like Coach Bielema and I'm looking for Josh Whitman, the the AD. Speaking
3: from... of
2: mm. Listen, you need to keep your little mouth shut about your, your negative <laughs> opinion of Brett Bielema right now, okay? I was bored, your man. strange, odd hatred for this man that was, he, was, he wasn't he was even, he didn't have a 500 record at Arkansas just because they beat y'all one time. I mean, seriously, dude.
1: No, nah, it was more no. yeah, that Okay,
2: well, <laughs> all right, whatever. Anyway, so, like, the players are out there, which is cool. I got a couple couple snaps with some of the dudes. Uh, there was one guy that I'm, you know, the Mississippi State guys, there some big boys, big, mm-hmm. large men. Um, but then we kind of just took off from there, and then we moved our hotel inland closer to the stadium, and game day rolled around. We found out that uh, our hotel had a nice little shuttle, so we could shuttle to and from the game. And that's where we kind of started having interactions with Mississippi State um, more, you know, more one on one interaction. with Mississippi State fans was like on the shuttles and some very nice folks. Uh, the hoppers from Starkville uh, said that if we're ever in Starkville, they would like us to look at them up. She said, Hopper like Dennis, like the bunny, H-O-P-P-E-R, we live in Starkville, look us up. And I was like, yes, mm-hmm. ma'am, I will. Um,
1: Where do you look people up? There's not yeah, a phone you, book anymore.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the interwebs, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no. So I don't know. Can we gonna go to the post office and look them up on the most <laughs> wanted or what? That's <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: Can you four one one we'll people see. anymore?
2: Right, right. Uh, we went to the game. Got there, tried to, you know, kind of roamed around. Saw was it was shocking to see as much orange as we did. Uh, we probably pulled into the pulled in the stadium about got there about 9.30, probably went in about 11. Um, You know, starting to fill up, a lot of cowbells, but we were sitting kind of, if you notice, when Mississippi State ran in and ran out to the stadium, that's the corner we were in, but in the end zone. So we were directly in the sun and it was the first, uh, they'd had rain for like 36 hours and overcast for about two days prior to that. So, um it was foggy until and it, that was the first really warm Florida day. And so it was gonna be in the low eighties and it was warm. Uh, like we had some cloud cover, but I, I definitely felt like to our right in the Illinois section and in the opposite uh end zone, way more orange than Maroon. Hmm. Now the cowbells made it seem like there was more populous and as I was texting with my buddy back home, buddies back home. You know, he was saying, "Gosh, this cowbell sound loud on TV," and I'm like, "Well, there's a ton more orange." And you know, the upper decks, there were hardly anything in the upper decks, especially behind y'all's you y'all's bench, Rusty. But um, I will say this, and I don't know what the what the uh, 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 announcers, I only heard about it kind of uh, anecdotally, but it sounded like much was made that the team was playing for Coach Leach. We had a moment of silence for him. The first penalty of the game, which was declined, was for him. You know, the two, the male and female Bulldog mascots were wearing pirate outfits. There were tons of shirts that said, swing your sword. Uh, you know, lots of Coach Leach people were wearing pirate outfits and pirate flags and all this stuff. Right. And I, I guess that I understand that, you know, the announcers made all this deal about playing for Coach Leach. And I'll be honest, it it kind of turned me off. I was sad about Coach Leach, too, Russell. We talked about it. You know, mm-hmm. what a guy. You know, unique, uh, uh very, very forward thinking in his in his offensive tactics, um, creative. Uh I didn't realize the scope of his coaching tree. Um but to make the game from the from the announcer standpoint again about the players playing that man, I I'll be honest, I don't think the players we're playing. We're focusing. They just wanted to win, right? They didn't want. They didn't. Their 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 uh, motivation wasn't win it for Coach Leach. It was we just want a bowl yeah I think
0: I, I I agree. And then I think at the end of the game, like the gravity of everything hit because there were some some pretty emotional shots of Will Rogers and some <laughs> of the other players and coaches. <laughs> like you could tell, like the the emotion of the moment hit them. I would agree that they were out there trying to win a football game. And then Mike Leach was probably the thought before the game, and then after the game, and right,
1: then right. like the ground. Right.
0: like
3: you've got to be like, careful with
1: announcers too, because yeah. announcers typically find the least common denominator. <laughs> we talk about it a lot. Yeah. You know, I know I was mad during the Ole Miss Arkansas game when the whole time they were talking, they were talking about Auburn and Lane Kiffin. That's the topic, and they're going to hammer it. You know, mm-hmm. they, these these people aren't like.
2: Yeah, they're not the sharp well, knife in the draft.
1: They don't do uh, just a whole lot of research.
0: You know? The, the, the product on the field, Lauren, you and I talked about this. It was it's like a, a, like a – i yeah, yeah, like kind, kind of
1: started that, game. haven't I, Rusty? It was like you a – You know, Rutgers and I was going to ask – I was going to ask you, Lauren. Um, You said that Mike Leach didn't, you know, didn't seem to play a, a part. His passing didn't seem to play a part in the game. But I was about – the end of that fourth quarter, I started to wonder if Illinois was just going to let them win it just for Mike Leach. You know, I'm just like, okay, so nothing's happened this whole game and y'all going to let them drive the whole length of the field with no time left. And I'm like, is this too much respect being paid to to Mississippi state right now? (laughs) Have you no pride?
2: I I felt like we lost a lot of pride, uh, towards the end of the game and we gave up, uh, (laughs) It also showed our youth and inexperience in our right. duty and our depth. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're missing the Brown brothers. The, you know, Chase Brown, the leading, the nation's leading rusher, opted right. out. His mm-hmm. brother, Sidney Brown, a second team, all Big Ten. Safety, uh, all American cornerback, uh, Devin Witherspoon. Yeah. Uh, another guy And uh, um, our secondary, I can't think of his name, uh, hurt, uh, couldn't play. And then we had Quan Martin, you know, just declare, but he played. And then, you know, uh, one of our better receivers this year, Brian With- uh, Brian Hightower, who's a transfer from Miami, he was hurt and couldn't play. And then he decided to uh, enter the transfer portal post game. So we we honestly were missing some pieces. That's irrelevant, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What really showed was we'd have we've had some some coach turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, as have y'all, obviously, you know, with Coach Leach, the biggest piece. But we lost our defensive coordinator, who was a finalist for the Burrells Award. He became the um, the head coach at Purdue, Ryan Walters, up-and-comer. Uh, and then he took with him uh, our linebacker's coach, Kevin Kane, and he took with him our running back coach, Corey Patterson, who was a stud mm-hmm. recruiter, recruited the hell out of St. Louis. He was an a assistant coach at Trinity Catholic in St. Louis which uh, produced for us number one Isaiah Williams, who was our primary receiver all game and our our primary uh, kickoff and punt return person you may have seen. He's a quick little dude, was a quarterback in high school, converted wide receiver. Um, So we we had some coaching turnover. You could tell um, Mm -hmm. there was just – I think our defense was playing its guts out but was outmanned. Um,
1: Both teams looked a little disjointed the whole
2: time. I mean, because we both had new coaches. This was Steve
0: Spurrier Jr.'s first time calling a game. Like and last you can time tell, <laughs> yeah, you can tell. So um, I agree, very disjointed. But you know, at the end of the day, it was a bowl game, um, and, and yeah. football got played. So yeah,
2: and I think uh, Bert, and I'm gonna call him Bert because that's what I like to refer to him as, Mr. Brett Pelham.
0: Yeah, that's what everybody calls him,
2: him. He looks yeah. like a big old Bert. Uh, yep. He looks like he looks like he should be Craig Stadler's like illegitimate child like he and like Craig Stadler and Brigitte Nielsen had sex and that's what came out of it uh
1: man I'm but, two on that one
2: <laughs> well you know, who Brigitte, you know who Brigitte Nielsen is she was the one that was uh getting busy with Flavor Flav oh yeah yeah. Flavor she's, a, Flav. She's, an Am, she's an Amazon woman okay <laughs> and Craig Stadler is a is a heavy set golfer from the 80s you can okay. him. uh anyhow Bert. Uh, you know, first bowl game since he's been back in the college rinks. Um, first time, you know, Barry Lunning Jr. Offensive coordinator who was at UTSA last year. Uh, I just, it just showed that our quarterback, Tommy DeVito, was good, not great. Gutsy, not making a lot of good decisions about throwing the ball away when he was under duress. Our offensive line was not holding up. Our Our trench play both on the offensive line, defensive line for the Illini strengths uh, for us all year, not having a a good running game to help give Tommy DeVito some time in the pocket and Mississippi state's depth on the defensive line. They're rotating players. They were stronger. They appeared stronger. They were faster. Um, Gosh. And then our pass rush, not getting home at, all on on will rogers and after i would seen will rogers in all year look like he was running and scrambling i mean i never saw that man's uh clean a single yeah. time this year like he was on the ground a lot yeah. right and so he didn't get on i mean that dude had all day mm-hmm. all day yeah. and it was frustrating as <laughs> and there yeah, weren't there weren't you know i Ryan Walters, I feel like, was much better at in-game adjustments than maybe our new our new defensive coordinator, who was promoted from uh, defensive backs coach, uh, uh, Aaron Henry, who's going to be a good defensive coordinator, but he's he's got some some on-the-job training still to mm-hmm. come come into. But yeah. you know, I just I think there were some missing pieces for us. We were like you said, Rusty. Both teams were out of sorts, out of mm-hmm. practice, out of out of rhythm. A couple things about the Illini. Uh, We lost four of our last five in the season. Uh, We lost all five of our games by one score or less.
3: Yeah.
2: And we we gave up the fewest points per game in FBS to be eight and five. Mm. I I just uh, some 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 seriously odd statistics to make you scratch your head and wonder what the hell was going on, but right. all credit to Mississippi state. Uh, wasn't happy about that last play. Mm-hmm. I know they were trying to run a, a, a you know, a, 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 Nashville miracle play and, you know, get that kickoff in the end zone. But yeah. Yeah,
0: man, you know, it, it, again, um, sloppy football for a bowl game as you'd expect, particularly with all the turnover, but man, we, uh, we certainly appreciate you being there, uh, taking more for the team going down there for us and, and watching the game, being on the ground, reporting back tonight, Lauren, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on for Fun. sure, man, and looking forward to having you on some more in the future to talk, uh, you know, whatever we decide, whether that's baseball or we talk about football. Like, this won't be the this oh, won't be the mean, last time we have you. You mean this baseball team right here? This uh, one? Yeah, you know, I queued it up for you. You're welcome. Definitely. You're welcome.
1: Hey, you know, Lauren, I never asked him how he felt about Wilson Contreras now being a catcher for the Cardinals. Yeah. The heir yeah. apparent, the hand-chosen heir apparent. I the, mean that,
2: that I dude partner. that dude basically like invited himself to our team and they were and we were like oh you want to come play yeah yeah come on yeah we I mean time. Time. we got a, a, conveniently a space just opened up over here <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> the goat just left the building so right.
1: well <laughs> good to yeah. see you Lauren hey
2: yeah, man Lauren. thanks for having me y'all I appreciate yeah, you very much I'm sorry if I was a little long winded but yes hey now, not at all, all no, frustrating, no, frustrating loss for my line. I'm hoping we have a little bit better uh, showing next year. I told every single Mississippi State fan that I met <laughs> that we would – Stacey and I would be rooting for Mississippi State if it wasn't back there playing the Illini. I, I will say this, rest two encounters I had with Mississippi State fans. One set of fans we rode with on the uh, shuttle to and from. It was a married couple in our age range, all three of us, so mid-30s, something like that. Ooh. Wife was pregnant, old Miss fan, husband, yeah. Mississippi State alum
3: uh <clears throat> she they, had to,
2: they had been to chicago earlier this year saw a bears and cubs game in the same day saw how pathetic our bears were Whew. uh and they, they couldn't have been nicer super nice people that's the fellow that i i he wanted to know all he took a screenshot on my phone of the twitter feed for the two bucks podcast so he's he yeah hopefully he uh he he signed up and is listening he wanted to know where y'all were on Apple. I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> we're uh, working on it. We're good right. on that. Uh, The second encounter, towards the end of the game, nobody in the bleachers behind us in that end zone. All of a sudden, we got this two fellas and two young boys, probably teen, early teens, and they have no cowbells, but they're mm-hmm. banging on the empty seats, and they're not doing <laughs> it like at a time that you think... Like, during Mississippi State's offensive plays, they're back. I'm like, don't you know that's a time to be quiet? Whatever. Dude behind me, the dad of one or both of these boys, I mean, a yuck mouth. He's about to be a bunch of pissed off Illinois fans right here. They're going to fuck around and find out and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And so this was going on for literally, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating, 20 to 30 minutes to the point where I got up. I stood up. He's at least four rows behind me. I said, "Sir," I said, "Has someone been talking shit to you again?" Well, why? Are you offended? No, no. I said, mm-hmm. I just, "Did someone, did, did one of my people, the Atlanta fan, talk shit to you and get you this?" No, no. I'm just having fun. Why are you offended? I said, "No, no. You answer my question. Thank you. I just want to know." And he said, "Well, answer mine." Did I, I said, "No, you didn't offend me. I just want to make sure you're not." upset because someone got you there from yeah. pe- the people on my side of the of the no we're just having fun i said okay go ahead have fun you're good we shook hands parted company i saw him on the way out i shook hands and said happy new year he left after i talked to him because he thought like I, I i he was just so yeah nasty and i know every fan base
3: has that has that, that, yeah. has that. And mm-hmm. I
2: hadn't I hadn't witnessed a single one of them up until that point in all my time in Florida, eight days, at any hotel on the beach, uh uh, you know, just around town, man, mm-hmm. seeing people. Yeah. And that was the first time I was like, damn it. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, didn't I didn't I didn't want to bring it up because I knew yeah, that, would, I hear that, would you. Give, that would give your boy your boy, uh, Uncle Drew, would get some, you know, typical Mississippi State <laughs> asshole. <laughs> rah, 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 yeah,
0: rah, you know, I mean, like you said, man, there's those in <laughs> every, every fans. I hate that you ran into our uh, unfortunate example of that, but um, appreciate you setting him setting straight there, man. And, I and mean, again, I, Listen, and,
2: I didn't I didn't try to start nothing because mm-hmm. he was just like, they're going to fuck around and find out. and rah, rah. I was like, who? Yeah. It's a 10-10 game, and y'all are about to drive down and beat us on a field goal. Yeah. Who, who? What? Yeah. Where is this coming from? But yeah,
3: yeah. And well.
2: then, then, I heard the SEC <laughs> shit too, and that that really, you know, I've experienced that uh, Bama Clemson games. Uh, that 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 shit. I'm sorry. There, there's no Big Ten chant. First of all. Second of all, <laughs> yeah. I'm not one of these people who's pro conference because. The two best teams in my, in my conference, or the conference that my school represents, I can't fucking stand them.
0: Nobody right. likes that.
2: No, and I and I can't stand Michigan more than Ohio State. So I, that SEC chant when when mm-hmm. when shit's going right for SEC teams, that makes me want to get real stabby. And, and oh well,
1: as as a fan of an SEC team, I hate the SEC chant as well. I don't cheer for the oh, SEC. You, I cheer for all sure.
2: That makes me feel better. I appreciate yeah. you, man. Anything yeah. good that
1: happens to the SEC does not help Ole Miss. So, <laughs> well, I, again, I root man. for I, I yeah.
2: give a damn about revenue sharing and all that and whatever. Yeah. And uh, that SEC chant, I mean. No, I hear you. I hear you. It, it, yeah, Ooh. I, I get where that could be obnoxious for sure, man. I, I digress. I had yeah. to bring those two things up. I as topics you. that aren't on your list, but sure. hey, man, thank y'all very much. I know I'm taking up your time, here. but uh, Drew. Give your lovely wife our best, please. Your kids, you know. We love you, dude. Love you, dude. Thanks for being here. We'll see you soon. Russ, always a pleasure, my friend. We'll be seeing you real soon.
0: Yeah, buddy. See you soon, Laura. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. See you. For sure. All right. Well. Other bowl games of interest, uh, we can kind of highlight quickly some of the New Year's Six, and then I really want to drive, uh, kind of dive into the championship game, the playoff games, Drew. I know, uh, did you get a chance to watch the Alabama-K-State or the Tulane-USC games?
1: I did. Uh, I was uh, invested in that, that Cotton Bowl and the Music City Bowl was on at the same time, so I tried to keep those up. Uh, unfortunately for our buddy Aaron, the uh, Music City Bowl turned out to be a whole yeah. heaping pile of poo.
0: Maybe
1: they uh, needed Will Levis after all. Yeah, and uh, I did tune into the first half of Kansas State and Alabama because Kansas State was looking good to start the game. And then when they pulled out the recipe from the Lane Kiffin cookbook of madness and went for the onside kick to start the second half and didn't get it, I was like, it's over. It's over. And it was over. Uh, Bryce Young is the best player I've seen playing a bowl game this far. And yeah. uh, he should be the number one pick in the draft. He should I definitely agree. be the number one quarterback taken in the draft. Yeah. He just put on a show in that second yeah. half, and uh, they just really laid waste to
0: Kansas Case, State. not didn't, State didn't have the dogs, and like we talked about on this podcast before, like you know Nick Saban was looking to make an example. You get you you get an opportunity to beat a team on a neutral field, and and Nick Saban's trying to say we ain't going anywhere. So that game was over before it started. But um right. Cotton Bowl, man. I I called, I, I called Tulane on this podcast multiple times, man. And I know you didn't necessarily disagree, but it was good to see uh the little guys get a win. Tulane's defense was legit. I mean, Caleb Williams had a phenomenal game still. Um, really played well, but uh it was it was good to watch a little small team like T- Tulane show up, beat a blue blood, and uh and get some love for Willie Fritz and the job he's done down
1: there. And, man, that was the perfect way to end that weekend of college football because mm-hmm. the two playoff games the day before were incredible. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, Tulane pulling that off is is good for college football. I yeah, mean, no doubt. Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner, Lincoln Riley, the poster boy of coaches mm-hmm. in, in the NCAA, especially outside Nick Saban, I guess the younger mm-hmm. bunch, I guess. He's the hip cool. Um, uh, visionary college yeah. football coach, and, and to see Tulane come back. I've never seen a fifteen point lead yeah. evaporate via two touchdowns and a mm-hmm. safety before. Yeah. And it was incredible. Yeah it was absolutely incredible. Props to Willie Fritz. Yeah. I, I'm glad he stayed because I think it's good for that group mm-hmm. of five conference. However, yeah. uh Tulane plays on Miss next year. oh uh, <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna see. I mean They were two and ten last year. This year they finished uh, ten and two or ten and three. I can't Mm. remember. Uh, Uh, Eleven and eleven and two. Eleven and two. two. And so, you know, maybe they go right back. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The that game was incredible, and it was one for the record books for sure. And and then we'll go back and let's hit on the college football playoff. Uh, It started off with Michigan and TCU, and. You called this one. You picked TCU. Mm-hmm. Um I am glad TCU won. I think that TCU was the only team, like I said, that I could cheer for out of the four teams that were there. However, and it seemed to be the case in both playoff games, I feel like both teams that won should have lost that game. Mm-hmm. If you replay that same script, mm-hmm. you know, six sixty percent of the time, sixty five percent of the time. Michigan's beating them. Yeah. And I felt the same way about Ohio State and Georgia, and we'll get into that and why I think that Ohio State blew that game. Yeah. But TCU props to them. I mean, they just kept scoring Yeah, kept scoring. The third quarter of that Fiesta Bowl will go down as mm. the best quarter of yeah. playoff football in the best game of playoff college football that yeah. there is. It was yeah. absolutely electric. I looked at one point in seven minutes, there was 51 points scored mm. in that third quarter.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And, and you know, I think a lot of it started uh, when Michigan got cute. Um, that first drive, they marched down the field, had a big run by, by Edwards down the 54-yard gain. They played really well, got to the two-yard line. On fourth and goal from the two, after they had tried a couple passes trying to get it in, they didn't run the ball really at all. They tried the double reverse pass by the tight end, and I think what that said, in my opinion, to TCU was that, hey, look, like we can't score on you with our with our big boys, so we're gonna get cute and try and score. And so TCU marches down and scores, right? Then the next possession for Michigan, they get that pick six um, from Bud Clark, and so like right there, like the game is completely changed. TCU has all the momentum and all the confidence that they can beat this Michigan team, who's a very physical, good football team. Yeah. And it just, it was just, it just escalated from there, you know?
1: Yeah. That um, uh, that trick play. Sometimes I believe that football is not complicated. Yeah. Ultimately, I believe that there's schemes that work. There's schemes that don't work. Yeah. But ultimately when you've got a team like Michigan and you're on the two yard line, yeah, football should not be as complicated as yeah. running the double reverse pass. To a tight the, end. You don't need a Philly special every no. time you get in the goal line. No. And honestly, as many times as it's been run, and every time it's run in the same spot, it's almost like one out of every five yeah. two point conversion attempts these days, yeah. or two point two yard line and mm-hmm. you know, in. Yeah. They get cute. Yeah. They they run the Philly special. Every mm-hmm. team has got it. You just everybody's yeah. gonna have to scrap it. That's because it. Yeah. As soon as you see the first receiver going in motion, after the, the quarterback starts mm-hmm. when the quarterback starts rolling out, and then here comes the receiver, everybody knows what's happening.
0: Yeah. And then uh Michigan, same thing. Next time down the field, they got the ball to the two yard line. And instead of going what got him there, they hand it off to a linebacker, turned running back. He's had nine carries all year long. And what does he do? He fumbles. Now, well, the the play before. And it's a controversial play. I understand. You know, it's hard to tell from the replay angles where the ball was when his butt hit, because it's not where his butt is; it's where the ball is. Uh, but either yeah, way, that, they that call. Either way, you gotta go. You gotta go with your dog. You give that ball to Edwards and let him punch that thing in. But they didn't. TCU got the ball back, um, and it was just
1: well. And that same situation came up later in the game, and he handed the ball to the same fella, and he got in the end zone. So yeah. it it was a bad exchange, and and that happens. And so know,
0: You got to go with what gets you yeah. there. Give that ball to Edwards, man. Give, yeah. the guy, give the ball to the guy you know can handle it.
1: I, I agree with you. You always let the you let your best players touch the ball the most. That's it, and, man. That's and it, so, yeah, Michigan – and that's the case with Michigan. That They should have won that game. Yeah. And the game got out of control. Like, they were fighting from behind early because of those two plays, the pick mm-hmm. six and the Philly special to start the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so – Yeah, and then –
0: You know, but props to TCU. They showed up. A couple things. Dylan Horton had four sacks, that that big defensive end. Um, We'll get into some impact players here in a few minutes for the national championship game. But that kid had a monster game for TCU, big number 98. And then Quentin Johnson has Julio vibes, man. He's just so big. He's so physical. And then, like, he's one of those guys on that long with that 70-plus yard touchdown. Like, he doesn't look like he's running fast until he's past you.
1: That always reminds me of Matt Jones, the old Arkansas quarterback. <laughs> Same thing. Because the stride is just so mm-hmm. long, it doesn't even look like he's moving.
0: And that's how Julio was at Alabama. And I remember specifically there was a, uh, like a like a wide receiver screen. They ran to him, and there were four different LSU defensive backs that took bad angles simply because Julio was moving faster than he looked like. Right. And he just ran by all of them. And that's exactly what Quentin Johnson did on that slant across the middle, and he just dusted the Michigan secondary. That kid definitely got Julio vibes. Um it had a phenomenal football game for sure.
1: Well, the next ball game we've got here, uh, the Peach Bowl. Mm-hmm. Ohio State uh, just barely gets squeaked out by Georgia. Uh, Ohio State had a chance to win it. They were up the whole game. They mm-hmm. put on a clinic the whole game. Um, they didn't let that Georgia defensive line in front seven get to C.J. Stroud at all the mm-hmm. whole game. They – more or less bullied them in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And shame on Ryan Day or whoever the play caller is for that last drive yeah. to not make that a better attempt for that kicker. That kicker, I feel for him because yeah. I that was a fifty yard kick and mm-hmm. that would have been his career long. And they had opportunity after opportunity to just to take the yards that were given to you mm-hmm. and move that a little closer, knowing that it's less it's a one point game yeah and so just make it yeah. easier for your kicker
0: yeah you know that that game came down to two things i think first of all uh kirby smart with the play of the year for georgia calling that timeout on that fake punt um I, you know i talked about it in my instagram video like without that ohio state has the ball first and 10 cross the 50 up 11 you go score that's a that's an 18 point lead and and the way that game was going that's a tough thing to overcome you know george mm-hmm. made a great comeback i don't know if they do Uh, you know, if, if they score there, it kind of puts them to bed early. And then second thing, um, Georgia struggled with the physicality and just bigness of Marvin Harrison Jr. If he doesn't get that concussion and they take his helmet away again, I don't think like Georgia had no answer for him in the the first half. None. It's
1: very rarely that I believe that college football and pro football for that matter is, um, okay, I'll just take it back. Any sport at all is won by players. Yeah, I believe that coaches put them in a position, but yep. the best players are going to win. Most talented players are going to win, mm-hmm. and it's very rarely that I that a game goes off and I think, okay, the coach won that game. He provided the most important play in that game, and that yep. was Kirby Smart's timeout. Yeah, and I'm sure there was a spotter, a special teams guy yeah. upstairs that Whoever. got in his ear and was like, "Something's not right, get it." And because you're right, it was an 11 point game late mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And because they got that timeout in, Ohio State punted.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What I'm saying that's the that is the season saving play for the University of Georgia because Stetson Bennett his stat line ended up being really good and actually better than C-, C J Stroud. Which sidebar C J Stroud is a dude. He's not quite the quarterback Bryce Young is, but he is on par athletically. It may have been Ohio State's offensive line, because you're right. They whipped that talented Georgia line that had been dominating everybody all year. Jalen Carter was a non-factor. But C.J. Stroud had a whale of a game. Um, But Stetson Bennett, you know, he had the opportunity to play well late. But you're right, man. It's all on Kirby Spart. If he doesn't call that timeout, this game's over. Right. Over,
1: over. So what are your thoughts on going Monday night's game?
0: so i got five players that i'm going to be watching and i'll go through this kind of quick but i got five players and not the obvious ones because it's easy to pick max duggan it's easy to pick stetson bennett um i have one obvious one i own that but uh first of all uh it's that running back amari de mercado from tcu uh kendra miller is listed as questionable for the game monday night if he doesn't go um de mercado is going to have to take some pressure off of max duggan he averaged 8.8 yards per carry Um, And so it'll be interesting to see against Michigan. It'll be interesting to see if Georgia's front seven on defense can get their act together um, and slow him down a little bit. Because if he can take pressure off Max Duggan, give Max Duggan opportunities, particularly with my number four player, uh, Quentin Johnson. uh, Georgia struggled with Marvin Harrison's size, ability to get open, route running. And Quentin Johnson can be that key for TCU. And if Di can take some pressure off of Max Duggan, give him opportunities um for uh you know big plays down the field, I think that could be um a game changer uh for TCU.
1: Yeah, de Mercado especially because he doesn't have to do a lot. He uh some people may say he needs the game of his life. When it comes to an offense like TCU's if um if you can just do enough on the ground to stay balanced ish. Mm-hmm. That'll be what it takes. TCU is going to have to get the ball out quick, and Dean Mercado's going to have to be able to eat up some first downs.
0: Yeah. He's going to have to keep some pressure on Max Max Duggan and be able to get some first downs, move the chains, slow that offense, you know, slow the game down a little bit for TCU in order to win. Uh, speaking of two players on TCU, I got four TCU players because I think they're the ones that have the biggest opportunity. Uh, Bud Clark, team leader in INTs, he had five this year, including that pick six against Michigan. Uh, he's a safety, a key cog um, in this 3-3-5 defense. He plays well in space. He's a great pass defender. He's top five tackles for TCU. He's gonna have to have a big game against Georgia. They got some receivers coming into their own, uh, and if he can defend well, um, I think he can he can make a big impact. Uh, number two, Dylan Horton. I talked about him earlier. Four sacks against Michigan. Guy has an incredible motor. He altered a ton of plays not just his four sacks at 6'4", 275. If he can have a similar game against Georgia's front seven who struggled against Ohio State, um, I think uh, they can create some issues for Georgia's offense. Um, And then lastly, like my last player, the obvious one, like has anybody seen Jalen Carter? Because he looked winded, he looked flat-footed, and got whipped by Ohio State the entire game. And if he if, – if they're going to have a chance against CCU – and, I, I mean, I I still think – you know, we'll talk about it in a minute. I think Georgia wins, but Jalen Carter is going to have to play better.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's nothing more frustrating than a big lineman that can't get any pressure. He's not being rewarded with sacks. And so right. you're, just, you're just putting all your effort into rushing the passer and then just running down the field to get yeah. set up again yeah. and not make any contact. Yeah. And so, uh, I can imagine. It's like the big man uh, – I was always heard the story about the Detroit Pistons. You know, you always want to get your big man going. Yeah. And when they were playing the Lakers in the finals, uh, I guess that was I don't know, way back 06, 07, yeah, I don't know, oh six, oh seven, um, they were going in to the they could win the NBA championship against the Lakers mm-hmm. and every game they started it like, all right, we're gonna feed Ben Wallace. He can do whatever yeah. he wants to do. Big man. He can throw it into the stand if you want to, but mm-hmm. you're going to know that you're a part of this, and you're mm-hmm. going to have to stay invested and stay ready. Yeah. And on that first play, he sunk like an 18 footer, <laughs> and they are like, all right, "This is over." I yeah. <laughs> knew it was over. Yeah. And so that's what it is uh, yeah. for those big guys, the mm-hmm. uh, the guys who aren't built to just run down the field at all mm-hmm. times. Uh, they need to feel some yeah some contact, and so. Yeah. Uh, if he would have gotten in the backfield and hit C. Estrada yeah. one time, his probably whole game looks different.
0: Yeah, but Ohio State schemed it really well. They had a great plan for him and really neutralized him. He had one tackle. Um, he influenced a few plays, but like every time they showed him, man, he was heaving, hands on his hips. Um, it was warm in the dome there in Atlanta, but um, he just—I think it was just because he was getting whipped. Right. Um, a couple of little quick nuggets too for you, real quick. You know, this is not the, the first time TCU and Georgia have played. Uh, the last time was the 2016 Liberty Bowl.
1: Oh,
0: so there's some names here, right? So Jacob was, Easton. Jacob Easton was the quarterback. Who do you remember? The TCU quarterback.
1: Well, that Not was though. after Trayvon Boykin. I
0: know you'll remember this name. He was a journeyman. He bounced around a few programs. Oh, Kenny Trill.
1: Kenny the Trill. Kenny
0: (laughs) Kenny the Trill, man. Um, But it was a – Georgia came in as a one-point favorite. Kenny the Trill, man, was like a highlight reel that year.
1: four games, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, But he was the same. He had a great, like, one or two games at A&M, and then that was it. And then he had a couple great games at TCU, and then that was it. Uh, but two names that were big in that game, uh, I'm sure you've heard of this guy, uh, Nick Chubb, ran for 142. Never uh, heard of it. Yeah. Sony Michelle, <laughs> 126, uh, came down to, uh, towards the end, they ran a fake field goal. Um, and Kirby Smart won his first ever bowl game as the head man for uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. So, again, the 2016 Liberty Bowl, we're a far cry from the Liberty Bowl here uh, coming up on Monday night. Um, this will be a great opportunity for TCU to have an opportunity to avenge that loss with a little bit more on, on, on the at stake than the Liberty Bowl.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's that stakes are higher than playing in, in the Liberty Bowl stadium in, Michigan, yeah. in, the, in the Orange Mound.
0: <laughs> hey, yeah, our two fingers round, three fingers down, baby. Orange <laughs> Mound for our Memphis listeners. But, hey, uh, Georgia Open as a 13-point favorite. It's I dropped told you it was going to be high. high. Yeah, They're going to
1: make uh, you bet TCU, and I still think I'd take Georgia. I, it's weird. <laughs> Because, I don't know, maybe that's the line. Like, yeah. uh, because you still got that hook there with the half a point shy mm-hmm. of 14. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, but if here's it the was thing 14, i yeah. take TCU.
0: And, it, again, like, everybody is – like, Kirby Smart's one of the best motivators in college football. And then how hard is it? You've seen it many times. You get an Motivation emotional win.
1: doesn't matter for this.
0: But it does because you get a great emotional win, TCU beat Michigan, we've arrived, look at us, we're in the national championship, everybody's going to be talking about it, and then you show up and you get smacked in the mouth, and what do you do about it then? That's where it's going to come down to. What happens when adversity hits, right? Like they withstood Michigan, but that ain't Michigan walking through that door.
1: Yeah, but on the other side, Georgia's escaping with their lives, you know?
0: Those teams sometimes come back and play really, really well. You
1: know, uh, I think that Georgia knows, like, we can't screw around.
0: It's on Stetson uh, Bennett, man. Stetson Bennett had a terrible first half. He he picked it up in the second half, but unless he can, like – and did you see the videos? Kirby Smart's cut got a lot of flack for this. I've kind of been back and forth. Have you seen the videos of him talking about Stetson and then after the game and then talking to Stetson after the game?
1: No, I haven't
0: there was a video of them up on the stage and you could just see Stetson's just looks completely dejected as him and Kirby are talking. He tries to explain some stuff and Kirby leans over and has some pretty, looks like pretty terse words for him and then walks off and Stetson looks rejected. And like a lot of people were giving Kirby flat flack for that. But like, like, so what, you had a great comeback in the semifinals. You still got one more game to play. Like you gotta, like he's coaching him up. Like you did not play well. All right. That's like we won in spite of you, you've got to be better on Monday. And I think that's a very fair thing to say.
1: I, Stetson Bennett's getting a little bit too much flack. He's getting a lot of flack because it was a close game. They had to come back. But you know who else had a terrible first half? Bryce Young. The only difference is they came out and beat the brakes off of Kansas State in the second yeah. half of that game. Well, and, they were playing Kansas State. <laughs> well, I mean, and Alabama's not as good as Georgia. So, I mean, so if Stetson Bennett, and Georgia go out and blow the brakes off of Ohio State in the second half. Nobody's mm-hmm. nobody's saying anything different, and yeah. and he had the stats to back it up. I mean, yeah. he played an amazing second half. The defense right. didn't stop Ohio State.
0: Yeah, so defense didn't play well at all. Instead yeah.
1: of Bennett's getting too much
0: yeah. too
1: much flack over that. Now, sure, if he'd have played better, maybe it'd have been a fourteen point game at the half, and yeah. and Georgia can lay on them like they thought they would, like I thought mm-hmm. they would. But Stetson Bennett, he, he did everything he could in that second yeah. half. And without him playing as well as he did in that second half, they're yeah. they're at home in Athens right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. He had a phenomenal second half. Like I said, props to Stetson because he could have folded like a cheap suit, but he showed some resiliency in the second no, half that, and made, and a, and made a great comeback.
1: That's the reason why I like Georgia is because yeah. they've been there in this situation. They've played that big game. Uh If you want to blame CJ Stroud or the play callers or Ryan Day or whatever, they folded in that last possession.
0: Sure, sure.
3: Stephen Bennett
1: never folded. Nope. He had a bad half. You're entitled to have a bad half. Yep. But he never folded.
0: No, he made up for the second half, showed a ton of moxie and resiliency. And like you said, that's where that experience comes in. Like teams that have been there before find ways to win.
1: And people have tried to hate on him ever since he got there, and rightfully so in some port. I mean, he is probably the lowest rated recruit that georgia has signed in the kirby smart era he was a he is, he's yeah i mean collectively speaking he's a nobody on that team right. yeah but that guy's done it he's got the character he's got the moxie and he's done it and that's the reason why i like georgia in this game yeah. is ohio state's got the blue blood they've got the pedigree and and they've been in these games but stetson bennett has won it and so for him to be anything other than proud to make it into the national title game yeah i, I don't want to hear anything less than that sure. he's, he's he's gotten his you know he's had he has his distractor detractors mm-hmm. through his career and he won a title and i don't want to hear any more detracting from it at all because he's won the title and now he's there again so no yeah. no more of that uh and not necessarily that that's from you but mm-hmm. just in general like, sure. no, I hear you. quit hating on states and minutes
0: Guy's a winner. He won in high school. He won a, a, a junior a community college championship at Jones, home of the Bobcats, um, and he's won a national championship at Georgia. He's won at every level. Um, I'm with you, man. I think, uh, I think TCU can keep it fairly close if they follow a similar pattern. Um, they've got some of the dogs to do it, but I just think Georgia's depth, Georgia's moxie, Georgia's experience, just really um, – they lean on TCU in the second half, and I, I, I think uh, the uh, Georgia Bulldogs are the first back-to-back – College football playoff era national champs that we've had.
1: Can you tell me who the last back to back national champion is?
0: It's Alabama. 2011, 2012.
1: You're right. Before that, that was the question. I, I did remember that, but the was podcast it? I was listening to asked Florida? who before that was? Nope. It? nope.
0: Hold on. USC?
1: it's USC, it's the thought, Matt liner
0: Matt Leinart, and then because yeah. uh, they were going
1: for three, Pete, yep. and they went up against Vince Young in the O five. And Vince Young,
0: yep, you're right. Real yeah, full. so it was Alabama at eleven twelve, and then USC with Matt liner Reggie Bush, those teams. Yep,
1: and yeah. so you don't see this often Mm-mm. in in the playoff area, era. Uh, there has been a many of opportunities for back to back, mainly because in three consecutive. <laughs>
0: at the same championship
1: t- games, you had Alabama versus Clemson, Yeah. you know, they just kept going back and forth and nobody yeah. could beat the other one twice yeah. in a row. Yeah.
0: But yeah,
1: you don't see it very often. And no. I hope I don't see it Monday night.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, it'd be cool to see TCU win. Uh, but I just think Georgia's too much, you know, the sec have played for 16 out of the last 17 national championships. Um, like it's just a, a complete run of dominance, dominance.
1: 16 of the last 17. So that would mean, was that Miami, Miami and Ohio uh, State? Ohio State?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That may have been '01 though. That's probably too far back.
0: No, that was my senior year in high school. That was 2005. That was uh, uh, Maurice Clarett year. That was uh, Ken Dorsey. That was that was yeah. '05. Jim, was Jim oh, Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, I thought yep. '05 was Texas though.
0: Maybe it was it was oh no cuz I I remember it was I was in uh you'll appreciate this reference in any of our CalSouth listeners I was in uh Pat Coleman's senior English class uh mm-hmm. when that happened so um uh, that was uh, that was uh, maybe it was the 04 into 05 maybe it was the end of the 04 hey. season January of 05
1: Let's see. Well either way I am rooting for TCU to win this game Mhm
0: yeah, same. I, mean, I think everybody's rooting for the underdog. You know, Georgia's definitely got the moxie to do it, but I think, uh, I think, uh, I, I think there'll be too much, but it sure would be fun. It sure would be fun.
1: That um, was in, uh, the 2002 season. Ooh, the game was, was played early. on January 3rd, 2003.
0: There it was. So it was a little so, bit older. earlier. Than. Yeah.
1: Going on the 20th anniversary. Hmm, there you go. So, all right. Well, um, let's, uh, Let's move on. I think we both want TCU to win. We both think Georgia's going to win. Yeah. Would you take TCU against the spread, thirteen and a half?
0: I will. I'll take them just for 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 interest. I will. I think uh, I think Georgia leans on them late. I think they keep it close, but yeah, you know, give me. I'll take I'll take TCU to cover. Yeah,
1: yeah. I will too. Just because, like I said last week, uh when it comes to gambling and we can't do it here. Uh, Bet the side you want to root for. You know, I'm. I don't want to hedge any bets. Yeah. You know, it, it's like some folks out there will bet against their team their way. Okay. Well, I either win the game or I win some money. Yeah, no, that's coward's way out. <laughs> you go all the way in or you stay out. So I, right. I would take 13 and a half Yeah. And uh, mainly because that's what I want to happen.
3: Sure. I feel that.
1: Let's talk about the Grizzlies for just a brief second. We've went a little longer than we thought we were <laughs> going to, to this point. Um, if you caught my video on Sunday, uh, you saw that uh, my lovely bride and I got a weekend away from the kids and, and went to go catch the Grizzlies and the Pelicans on New Year's Eve in the FedEx forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to see Grizz's uh, New Year's Eve bash, uh, which, uh, which happened at approximately nine o'clock at night, because <laughs> if anybody was planning on staying there till midnight, uh, that, that, means you're probably banking like a three or four overtime game. Oh, and nobody's going to yeah. complain on that. Uh, the Grizzlies handled them. Uh, it felt like that the Grizzlies played okay, and the Pelicans couldn't quite get out of their way. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about shot quality with you a lot on this podcast. It's a site that I I frequent now because it's something that I think if you look at if you look at averages, and we all look mm-hmm. at season-long stats, sure. we like to see how our players are doing on the season. And on these, you take these season-long stats, and then you say, well, here's the shots that you took based on your stats and how open the shot is, should you have made it or not. And that was actually, according to shot quality, it was an upset. It said that New Orleans, based on the shots that were taken by both teams, New Orleans should have won that game. And that made a lot of sense to me looking at it because the grizzlies were terrible shooting mm-hmm. the ball again from three. They were great in the paint inside the three point line, but they were terrible shooting inside outside the three point line
0: finished seventeen percent on the night,
1: and not only so the grizzlies won one oh one to one sixteen, the shot quality score would have had that so if If everything goes chalk and you make the shots you should make and you miss the shots you should miss, that had the score being New Orleans 123, Grizzlies 114, a nine-point win for the Pelicans as opposed to what actually happened was a 15-point win for the Grizzlies. Yeah. Had the New Orleans, if the game plays out the same, winning 69% of the time. Mm-hmm. And that goes to show you. In that video that I was that I recorded with my wife, we just we had a good time doing that. But Zion was thwarted. They showed up. They showed a broad chest at him every yeah. time he thought about going downhill, and he turned the ball over nine times yeah. as a play as trying to be a playmaker, and it just yeah. didn't work. Okay. Jonas Valanciunas was terrible again. Stephen Adams owns him.
0: Owns him. He lives rent-free in Jonas's head ever and, since that trade.
1: And it's not even something I'm proud about because I still love Jonas. Yeah. But, man, that trade, uh, the uh, the Grizzlies gave up Jonas and the 15 pick to get the 10 pick, which turned out to be Zaire Williams. Yeah. And so that trade looks great, you know, yeah. especially if you're just comparing, yeah, uh, you know, player to player. Oh. Mm-hmm only in games in which they play against each other you Mm -hmm. know it's pretty irresponsible just to grade them against each other because steven adams is just a big lug that stops big lugs you know and that's about his game you know yeah
0: Uh, you know speaking of steven adams you know uh, just not not to rush you too much but getting into that king's game the next night you know sign and i talked about this in our blog again that's the number two bucksportspod.com as our blog if you want to check that out uh, but I talked about this and that like signing Stephen Adams has been one of the best decisions of this front office. You know, this front office done a lot of great things, but extending seat C- Stephen Adams was huge uh, in that Kings game. The Grizz dominated. It was another big win. 118 one Oh eight, that 10 point win. You know, the, the Kings kind of hung around. They had some first half lead, half leads, but <clears throat> that game really like Ja played great. He had that big dunk off that lob from, uh, from Ty S. he played really, really well, but like, Steven Adams was the like real reason that we played so well and won that game. Um, he actually set a Grizzlies franchise record with 44 rebounds over a two-game span and is the first Grizzly in the history of the franchise to go 20-plus rebounds on back-to-back nights. He has been an absolute difference maker on this team um he finished with 11 points, 23 rebounds, which tied his career high, and he set a career high with 13 offensive rebounds. Steven Adams has been the cog that makes this team go in the paint and when he's on and he's creating space and he's defending well, we're a, we're going to be a very tough team to beat.
1: So if you look at net rating uh and I agree with you, Steven Adams, we could we could talk for hours on Steven Adams. I love him. Uh, if Absolutely. you look at net rating, so um on our team, the who do you think the leader in net rating is? Give me a quick guess. First I feel person, like Steven,
0: I mean Steven Adams since we're talking it's not about Steven it. Adams.
1: I feel uh, like he Steven would be Adams
0: Adam. is third. Mm. It's
1: uh,
0: not I don't think it'd be Ja. Ja's second.
1: Uh, no, no Ja is below Steven Adams. He's fourth.
0: My last guess would be John Conchar. Just going off the radar. They're off the farm. At
1: thirteen plus thirteen point one Jared Jackson Jr. is the Trip, net I'm rating leader of the Grizzlies. Uh followed by, and this should have been easy because he is every time he is as good. He's he leads the net rating. Uh Dylan Brooks, yeah. plus ten point six. And it's I was just, wrong. Uh actually John Conchar is next at nine and a half. And then Jot at eight point eight. Um Stephen Adams is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh current leader in net rating, uh in two-man combos, let's see, um, plus 22 is a Dylan Brooks-John Conchar pairing. Hmm. Uh, and the worst net rating on the team, and this has got to get better, uh, minus 5.7 for Zaire Williams.
0: Yeah, he's not been good Come back from that knee injury. I don't know if he doesn't trust it. His shot doesn't look good. He's not getting a ton of minutes, but, yeah, he's not playing great basketball.
1: Right. And I'm, I'm, I've am I'm got faith it'll come back.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sitting here saying it's not going to come back. He's just not played well. And you never know when you're coming back from an injury. Desmond Bain, you know, came back well and played well after a couple games of struggling. Ja's superhuman. He heals quickly and he bounces back. And, you know, he may miss a couple games and first game out he's going to score 35. But I think Zaire turns it around. But I, I I agree, he's not been playing great. Uh, great basketball, but you know, John Conchar even, did you see, I, I put it in the blog. Did you see that, uh, that jaw, uh, that jaw, uh, assist to Conchar on that layup? Yes. That was incredible. incredible.
1: And the incredible, the layup was even better.
0: Yeah. Cause he was looking at the first row when he put it up to see if they were watching. <laughs> right.
1: Um, the Grizzlies just wrapped up a game against, uh, Charlotte, um, you know, up there in your neck of the woods. Yeah, Grizzlies.
0: I hate it on a Wednesday night or out. We, we'd have done the podcast from the Spectrum Center.
1: Yeah, so a 24-point win on the road against Charlotte, who is just disgusting. Uh, they're at 10 and 29 on the season now. A balanced effort from the Grizzlies. I'm looking at the box score here because mm-hmm. you've got to talking about Desmond Bain. I want to see how he's doing tonight. Um, team high 23 from Ja. Uh, then 19 from Bain, 50% from the – field 33 percent from three dylan brooks 18 points on only 10 shots wow that's a 17 points for jaron jackson jr on 10 shots
0: and then once again i think another big thing is the net rating and that plus minus all five starters with a positive net rating tonight
1: and this is what good teams
0: do right we've talked about this you've said this great teams beat the teams they're supposed to beat and that's what right. we did
1: tonight right so uh before the next pot on Wednesday, the Grizzlies are uh they've got some they can really do some damage here. Uh yeah. they go at Orlando, the Jazz at home, and then two a uh, back to back at both at home against the Spurs.
0: Those are four winnable games. You yeah. have to win those games. You You've have got to win to, them convincingly. You gotta
1: beat you gotta beat Utah. They've got you a yeah I got you twice at their place, yeah, uh they've been reeling lately they're below five hundred now after a hot start
0: uh yeah. get
1: get the Utah games Don't I think you me...
0: gotta go three and one, you know the back to back maybe you know with the Spurs playing two nights in a row, but the same could be said about them playing two nights in a row, like three now, and one is the, is the four here you have to win these four games
1: no you you've gotta win all four I mean yeah. that i if I were a good podcast host, i would I'd have the records up for you um. Let's see. San Antonio is 12 and 15 on the season. And um, Orlando is 13 and 24. So that's three of your four games. Utah is 19 and 21 and three and seven in their last 10, and they've lost five in a row. Yeah. So you got to win all of them.
0: Yeah. You got to win those four because the schedule doesn't get any easier heading towards the all star break. So you have to win these games that you're supposed to win. Right. Can't have uh, a letdown on the road at Orlando. That feels like a trap game, and we can't. Like you can't do that. Can't do well,
1: that. Well, and I thought I was going to be able to crown a winner of the <sighs> League of Avengers fantasy football league this week. Yeah. Um, it all it was a sixty-one and a half point lead for Rusty going into Monday Night Football. Um, and Lump had two of his biggest players playing Monday Night with Josh yeah. Allen and Jamar Chase or else I would have called it already, but those players are capable for combining for 62 points. Sure. And so ESPN came out today and said that when they make it up, if they make it up, that they will count those points towards week 17. Yeah. And if not, it'll be over. So. We're and I think that's fair. Grade. I told
0: you last night when you texted me, like, in the midst of everything, like, we were talking about it, like, I, I know fantasy football pales in comparison to the gravity situation, but – I want to win a fair and square. I don't want an asterisk. I don't want to. Oh, he wanted to believe
1: you game. were getting an asterisk.
0: I know I was. I was going to get that <laughs> on that trophy. And I've told you, man, I don't want it that way. I want to win fair and square. So, you know, I hope that they can play that game and we can see what happens. Because you're right. I mean, both of those guys, it takes 31 points from both of them. And um, both of those guys have done that this year. And if they do it on the same night, like, you know, props to Lumpy, he had the better team.
1: And a, that would be a heck of a football game. Yeah. You get the, 30 uh, points from Jamar and from Josh Allen in the you same You know game that game like together.
0: that's gonna be like 47-44 as a final. Just right. a phenomenal football game. Right.
1: So, um, let's hit some quick topics. We've got a list of kind of alternate topics I wanted to, uh, thought we might hit if we have time. We're running a little long, and so. So uh, if you're Lauren. still
0: here, thank you for listening. We appreciate you all slugging yeah. through it. You know, we, it was great having Lauren. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal interview. Uh, sorry to our our, our uh, young listeners out there, but a great, <laughs> great interview nonetheless. And so thanks for sticking around if you're still here.
1: Yeah, so um, I do want to hit this. This is what I thought was the most interesting. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good topic. Have you heard about the NCAA Transformation Committee?
0: I have. And the, the work okay. they've
1: done. Mm-hmm. You have. And yeah. so do you kind of know – they came out with uh, it's more or less of a proposal. Have you seen this?
0: Yes, I have. It's a it's a massive proposal.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of things on here that I was cool with. You know, they mm-hmm. talked about creating a committee uh, for including mm-hmm. college football or college athletes for the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. kind of compared it to yeah. like a NBA mm-hmm. pa NBPA, mm-hmm. the or the uh, NFL Players Association, mm-hmm. and that, I think it's great. What sure. I hated though, and this goes into my rant about the um, the expansion of playoffs and uh, yeah. of the college I think we agree playoffs. on this. All right, so um, according to this, they have pr- proposed that for um, for college sports that have over two hundred teams, so that wouldn't include football, basically right. is what it's saying that they would like to have the playoff bracket include at or more than 50% of the teams that participate in the season. So what that would change would be for the NCAA basketball be around 90 teams to make March Madness sure. yeah. and roughly 90 teams to make the NCAA baseball tournament. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why anybody would want that, yeah, because, like I've preached to you over and over and over, a twelve team playoff is great, it's great for t v revenue, people are gonna watch it, but you're talking about making the regular season and even conference championships and and conference matchups during the season pointless.
0: I disagree on college football and we can get into that on another show, but I disagree. No, okay. On the let's the take college
1: degree. football out of it because, because 12 teams is a lot different than 90. So
0: 90 let, yeah. 12 teams. Cause you still, cause they, they pick it different because it's the six conference champs into the six right, next, six right. next best teams. So it's different.
1: That's not covered in this, uh, no. this document. This is, wild. Okay? this is the wild west, man. Right. <laughs> so this is, let's, let's put college football aside. So for instance, uh, it's well documented. Ole Miss won a national championship in baseball. Okay. Did they? So they made it into the national championship as mm-hmm. the 64th team in the field. Mm-hmm. Okay. So past Ole Miss, I mean, you're looking at mm-hmm. NC State. Okay. Does anybody, NC State fans, do not look at that and say, we should have made the tournament? Mm-hmm. If Ole Miss and NC State would have swapped, Mm-hmm. And Ole Miss was a 65 and NC state was 64 mm-hmm. as an Ole Miss fan. I would have not have been like, we should have made the playoff because you know what I know from watching that team, we were not that good. We did not mm-hmm. deserve to make the tournament. And we are going to reward who in Ole Miss basketball right now, mm-hmm. who I think is 500 and are coming off three losses in a row, including mm-hmm. one to Northern Alabama. Yeah, uh, that team would be a bubble team to make the NCAA basketball tournament. There is Wolf, no man. business at all. Like, what is the point in? Yeah, so, man. so what is the bubble going to be? Yeah. When you when you go looking at March, are we're going to have like seven and eleven SEC or seven and ten SEC teams? Yeah. Who going into the last game, in going into the SEC tournament? Yeah. Who's going to be playing a game to see if you can get to be the 92nd ranked team in the net mm-hmm. to make the playoff? Yeah, like, who cares?
0: And that's the thing. Like to to uh, a statement. That they, this is a suggestion. It's not officially happening. It's a recommendation. But this truly negates conference tournaments conference like conference games because you can have a bad season and still get in. And I, you know, Drew, like and those teams like, like what you said, like old or anything. no, and Ole Miss may not have deserved to be in there. Like they weren't that good of a team, but they were able to get hot and win the games they needed to win a national championship. There's no way a like a 92nd ranked uh, you know, na- insert whatever team here is gonna find a way to win a college basketball champ. It just doesn't happen in college basketball.
1: And what Ole Miss did in the college baseball tournament last year should not be held up as an example either because right. that has never happened before.
2: No. That was and, a
1: true I mean, and
0: as, as promised, something nice about Ole Miss this week, this this week, as promised. Right. Nikasey was incredible, uh like great, great baseball players. Like it was a phenomenal he run. Not even
1: play this year. He was last year's I was like, that was two years ago. I tried. I tried. I tried. Get off here. But I anyways. <laughs> uh That was the Cinderella of Cinderella stories. And you don't – you cannot say that, oh, well, we're adding the opportunity for adding 30 more teams worse than Ole Miss (laughs) so in case we have another Cinderella story. That's not going to happen. You can't bank on that happening. So give me teams that are competitive. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened also that Ole Miss was a highly talented team that underachieved Sure. Throughout the year. And that's the reason why they got the nod mm-hmm. is because sure. they had the players that underachieved. And they're like, sure. well, you know, they've they've got the tools to make run more than NC. Yeah. Playing then, at their best is better yeah. than NC State playing at their best.
0: And they got hot the right time. And right. that's a huge part of it. But again, like we have said, like the 90th ranked Colorado Buffaloes are not going to get hot and win all the way through to a national championship. It just doesn't happen right. in college basketball. It doesn't happen yeah. in baseball outside of last year.
1: No, it doesn't. And you can't bank on that anywhere. So I'm all about keeping the regular season competitive. Yeah. And you can't, in one hand, keep the regular season competitive and, in the other hand, mm-hmm. expand the playoff to yeah. 90 teams. Right. And I know that's what the NFL does. I mean, roughly 50% of the right NFL teams get in. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe it's, what, 14 out of 32 teams now mm-hmm. get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And But that's professionals. Like, yeah, yeah, that's different, you know? Yeah, and you you can't tell me that adding in uh, some Norfolk State uh, as the 92nd team into the playoff adds anything to the playoff.
0: No, because like you said, those 14 teams, there's not a ton of parity in NFL. By going into the playoffs, you pretty well know who's going to be playing for a Super Bowl outside of a handful of, of of years. And those top 14 teams are professional athletes that are going to give you a quality product. I don't want to see honest, more about March Madness in too. Kansas. I don't want to see that.
1: Let's be honest about March Madness. March Madness is fun for the first two weekends when you get the Cinderella teams. But when you get to the end, you want your boy bloods playing against each other. You won't get basketball.
3: You know you, won't you get the, basketball.
1: Like, like I, the only exception I can think of is Butler versus Duke that was, that's back with Gordon Hayward. Yeah. You know that's the only time that I felt like yeah. that Cinderella team actually belonged, and yeah. it was they were more than just cute. Like that team because you you knew george
0: george washington was going to lose at some point you knew that that florida directional team was going to lose at some point like those teams aren't going to find a way gordon hayward is was better than a butler player butler and had brad stevens had the right combination they were actually a good cinderella team but those don't happen
1: and the biggest cinderella in college basketball ever was uh umbc university Mm -hmm. of maryland baltimore college Mm -hmm. uh when they upset West Virginia, I mean, I'm sorry, the University of Virginia, the mm-hmm. only 16 seed to ever be a one seed. And they actually ended up making it to the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. But nobody in their right mind wanted a finals or a Final Four or an Elite Eight with Kentucky or I don't yeah. really know who was on that side of the bracket. Nobody wants to see that. I mean, yeah. I, mean I guess if they keep winning, sure,
0: but chances wow.
1: are they're going to get beat by 50 eventually.
0: Right, unless you're Loyola Chicago with, uh, with uh, what's her name that sits on the front row, Sister Jean. Sister Jean, man, I want well, them to and, go as deep as they can every year.
1: <laughs> and and there's those mid majors too that are always good, mm-hmm. and that was one of them. They were mm-hmm. good legitimately, mm-hmm. and that's a that Porter Moser was their coach. Yeah. yeah, and he is now the head coach at Oklahoma. So yeah, and mm-hmm. so you know that there was a that wasn't a fluke.
0: They were that doing was, something right. It, they were a program that was developing like a shock of smart VCU. They were developing right. into a program and then it launched him to a new job and they're back down to where they used to be.
1: But all that to say Don't do it. it Don't do it. I would I would rather you trim the field to forty eight. Yeah. Then increase it to ninety. Because sure, that would have taken away a national championship. But again, I'm going to be honest when I say if I, I watched that on Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. And I expected Ole Miss to be at home, and mm-hmm. I expected Mike Bianco to be fired. I wa- I hate-watched that selection show and was shocked that they were in it. And when they were in it, I was almost pissed because I was <laughs> like, we're going to win a few games enough to keep Mike Bianco, and it's going to be over, and we're going to be stuck in purgatory again. Sure. Joke, the egg was on my face, and delightfully so. You yeah. Know, you made a run the run of all runs yeah but the point being it if you're in as a 64th team you can't be mad if they picked someone else over yeah. you no and and it just it's just not good, but it doesn't add good sport it doesn't no. add good games competitive games it adds a lot more game basically by games between the top, top seed and the lower seed yeah the lower seed which just got lower
0: Yep. And it's just, it's all about revenue. It's not about a product for the consumer. It's just to put products out there and they're not going to be co- good quality products. And, and it's just and everything
1: easy. is made for TV these days. And I was, I was curious to get Lauren's point of view and we didn't get to it tonight, but uh, in NCAA sponsored events, playoff events, you're talking about the most sterile environments that you've ever been a part of in your whole life. Yeah. And everything is made for TV. Ball games. uh, I've sat through many of um, college baseball regionals Mm -hmm. where they make you take down your own team's logos and stuff, Mm -hmm. and you only get the NCAA rhetoric pushed out on. You know they don't let you use walk-up music for. They want it to be. They're playing in your home stadium, but they want it to be feel like a neutral field for some reason. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know if you want something done poorly, let the NCAA run it. Mm -hmm. And so you're not adding anything for in-person viewing. It's Mm -hmm. not fun to go to. It's not fun to watch live. And so, I mean, I guess it's good enough to watch TV, but I'm not going to watch a one seed versus a 22 seed. (laughs) No
0: No way. No way. I agree, man. I think it's, it's a terrible thing. Um,
1: Yeah. And I think it'll happen, but.
0: It probably will, just because they're going to make more money. Um, but I, I just don't think – I don't think it'll be a, a win for the fan. I, I, fans. I, I don't think so at all.
1: So, well, Rusty, this has been a supersized podcast. It's yeah. been a very fun podcast. Um, I'd like to invite everybody again to subscribe to our social channels. Twitter, Instagram is uh, the number two Buck Sports Podcast. Uh, YouTube, two bucks sports podcast, two bucks uh, for all of our blog posts. Uh, share it, share it with your friends. Uh, we love to build this community. We have a good time doing this and we, we're going to keep doing it. We hope to have a lot more people on for the ride.
0: Yeah. And a uh, big shout out to uh, the team, uh, Drew and I, for working through this. But I hope you enjoy our play in and play out music tonight. It's the first time we've used it. Uh meant to mention that earlier, but uh, you heard it play in. You'll hear it play out on our first episode tonight. So uh, trying to be a little bit more official and a little more professional uh, for our little, uh, our audience, our growing audience here. Yeah.
1: And uh, again, thank you for Lauren Massey for joining on with us. He's yeah. a good buddy of ours and a good dude. Uh, glad to see that uh, he got to have a good time down in Florida, despite yeah. the best efforts to ruin it by a couple of Rowdy State fans
0: yeah but uh glad he could get us those reports but uh again we'll see y'all here next week uh be on the lookout on our social media you never know when a special episode is going to pop up but uh, again thanks for being here tonight guys and hanging with us i uh, enjoy your evening and we'll see y'all next week
1: bye guys Thank you